Hello. So today I am joined by Penn and Penn is going to keep the screen black. Um, Penn is a, a parent who reached out to me and sent me some materials that are being shared or, or curricula that are being used in the education of Penn's young children. In, and these are, I found them really shocking. This is a sexual education curriculum for what was it, K through one? K through one, and then uh, also fourth grades, grades four through six. Okay. And so it, it seemed like it would be great to have the opportunity to go over these together and put some of these up on the screen and discuss what we're seeing. <laughs> because I, I'm personally very appalled by, by this. And maybe that's too much of my opinion, but I just found it very shocking that this is what's being taught. Have I, my older kids went through public school and my younger kids are homeschooled. I never saw anything like this when I was in school or when my older children were in the public school system. And it's just more evidence of how things have shifted so much in terms of what we are, what our children are being exposed to in education. And anyway, so that's enough of me. Would you, uh, Penn, do you want to sort of introduce this and, and talk about what it was that concerned you and when you became concerned and how did you discover that this was what was being taught and what are your thoughts about it? That's a lot of questions. <clears throat> sure. Thanks, Leslie. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, it's really cool to be talking to you. This is really neat. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm, um, uh, I'm being mysterious about my identity because my children are having a mostly good experience at their school. And so I'm trying to protect that and not inadvertently get us kicked out. <clears throat> Although I have been uh, vocal in that community about certain things. So I have three kids, uh, two are elementary school age and one is younger, um, uh, nursery school, pre-K. Pre and uh, I became aware of this program um, because it was advertised that the school would be doing it and the school was sharing materials. And of course, I had gotten wise to things that were going on since 2020 at the school. It's a small private uh, school nonprofit. And so I'd been you know, doing my due diligence as we do these days, policing these things because you just can't anticipate what's going to be done. And I've been having some problems with some of the choices that had been made. So I acquired the program. And as you were describing it, I felt similarly quite shocked. And I, I consider myself to have mixed feelings about a lot of it. I am sympathetic to many of the viewpoints. Um, but this program, which is called Our Whole Lives, OWL for short, the acronym OWL, and it is a co-production of the Unitarian Universalist Association, the, the UUA, Unitarian Universalist Church, and also the um, United Church of Christ. And <clears throat> as is probably well known to many of the listeners, uh, the Unitarian Universalist Church has, has been overtaken. It's been, as we say, captured. Mm -hmm. So it's not a surprise that their program reflects a progressive activist view. And that's, I think, what I find most alarming about the movement in general is the imposition, the use of power to impose a particular political ideology under the guise of civil rights, basically, or uh, to use the slogan, centering the marginalized and so forth, these other viewpoints that are, are designed to make you feel like any good person would, would support this. And then you look at it and it causes you to under second guess your <laughs> response, which as you say, is something like shock. Uh, so I find it to be a very aggressive program in terms of indoctrination of political ideology, which mm -hmm. is maybe characteristic of a larger conversation that we're in. So is the school, the school that your kids are in, is it a, a Christian school? No, it is not. Okay. No, Was it difficult for you to obtain the, the curriculum or... No, did it they a, hand it over pretty easily? A, well, no, they did not hand it over easily. Um, initially, I tried to go through staff and was given a bit of a runaround uh, deflection. So I was deflected once, I was deflected twice. Finally, I was allowed to show up on campus in a certain window on a certain day, and I could review the materials there along with the staff. Oh, wow. Which so was ridiculous. That were you not ridiculous. able to? 
take them off campus or did you have did you make these images while you were there <clears throat> that was the sense i got the sense i my impression was that i was not going to be allowed to make copies i of course was said hey just i'll show up whenever and make copies my that that was not going to be allowed so i just i bought them for myself oh okay they're available through the unitarian universalist um whatever the public facing publishing arm is okay so you, okay you can buy, they're available well, I guess, um, why don't we just get started? I'm yeah. going to share the screen and I've got a handful of these documents that you've provided me. So we'll, we'll see what we see here. Great. So here's the folder that I, I have them all in and let's see. So what so do you want to start with? Let's start with, um, the, the K to one book is less egregious. Although the, as we were talking about, the examples are somewhat more shocking so is this one right here owl k1 second i leslie i'm looking at the image the graphic images the parts of a body first edition okay the, the boy and the girl you want to pull those up first those two yeah okay yeah sure let's open those up mm, here we go and my computer runs really slow so <laughs> here we go so these are just images with the the parts of the body Yes. And I'll make them larger. So this is a boy. Okay. Yeah. And this is for K through one. That's right. And this is from the first edition. And so they feel like it's really important to show these kids, this naked little boy. Right. And okay. also, but what I'm, what I'm highlighting here is uh, maybe some people would have an issue with this. I don't think I do. Okay. Um, but this is, this was the first edition. Now, what is what in this in the classroom now is the second edition. So I want to show this as a baseline. This is what was part of the first edition, which, again, I, I don't begrudge anyone having an issue with their kindergartner or first grader being uh, shown these images or labeling things. Um, I'm, I'm I, okay I kind of have a problem with it. I guess I kind of okay. have a bit of a problem yeah. with it. I, I don't it's not. I mean, it's not overly sexual per se, but it's why would, why does the kindergartner need to see these images? Well, I mean, I, I guess I just don't get that. That's not something yeah. that we ever did in school. Mm -hmm. My, I, I didn't do that in school. My, my daughters who are in their twenties now, they didn't do that in school. We, we got sex education in a health class close to the end of elementary. Yep. And then maybe in, in middle school and high school a little bit more, but it was not this you're, you're talking about five-year-olds and six-year-olds that you you're want right. to see these images. And I, I'm, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is, this is what you're saying is baseline. And this that's is, me. Okay. Well, Leslie, I love that you have a problem with it because I, I think I'm a bit, little bit of the frog in the boiling water scenario because to uh, me, this is tame now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like a little bit uncomfortable. Like I'm showing something naughty on my screen here, yeah. you know? Okay, oh, so I, I love that because you're right. I lost track of the fact that these this is for kindergartners. Yeah. So I want to close why, that out. Well, part of the question here is why do why do why does the staff of any organization that you might send your children to, whether it's public or private, mm -hmm. why is it when did that organization uh, accrue the power? Mm -hmm. the, when 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 did it become appropriate for people to do this? Right. To your kids. To your kids. When you hand them off. To decide for you that they're going to show your children pictures of naked kids. That's right. Drawings of naked kids. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And so you wanted to contrast that with the second edition. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So let's pull up the second edition. This is hot off the presses. This okay. Was of this, year. this is what they're showing now. This is now in place of what you just showed. Okay. So what we have here is one kid where we had two, we had a boy and a girl. That's right. We had a boy illustration and a girl illustration. And now we have this one child who has no genitals. So no like, genitals. like the Barbie blank slate here. And it's a chubby little kid with kind of an edgy undercut hairdo. Right. And it's a completely genderless child. And right. or sexless child, I guess. And then we have interchangeable. It says here, I don't know if these might be too small for people to see. Penis and testicles illustration to be cut out along dotted lines and placed over the appropriate area of the unlabeled body. 
interchangeably with the vulva and vagina illustration. And this one says, vulva illustration, to be cut out along dotted lines and placed over the appropriate area of the unlabeled body interchangeably with the penis illustration. Interchangeably. Interchangeably. <clears throat> wow. Like that's it. That's the difference. That's the difference between a boy and a girl. And that's it. I think there's a lot in this illustration. I find this illustration shocking. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm deeply disturbed that this is, this is shown to children. Yeah. I think it is tr uh, gender ideology made manifest in an illustration. This idea wow. of, a, yeah. of a human or trans, you know, this is kind of a transhumanist. It's maybe? absolutely transhumanist. I mean, you, you can interchange, you can make a paper doll and you can switch what you can be, whatever, oh, whichever you'd like to be just interchangeably. So that's shocking. That's yeah. incredibly shocking. Yeah, I would never expose my children to that. And and are your and your kids are being exposed to this? Well, I I pulled them for this. Okay, you can opt out right now. No, <laughs> no, no. I just didn't send them to school. Oh, so you knew the days that this was going to be done, and you just That's kept them right. home. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Yeah, there is no opt out. Um, mm. We were not provided an opt out. Wow. Oh. Wow. This kid. This picture is really uncomfortable for me. Yep. Me too. Okay. Well, so let's move to the next thing. What, what's the next one you'd like me to open up? I had one more example from the K to one book and that's, uh, let's see, it's the first page of workshop five. First page of workshop five. Is it, are you able to see my cursor? Is it this five to 10 PDF here? That is the four to six open owl K one second. Oh, okay. This one here. Okay. That's the whole book. Okay. And we want to go to workshop five. All right. So let's if you see. Scroll down. You should have a table. So, table of contents here. Okay. Our whole lives, sexuality, education for grades K through one. I, <clears throat> I just to stop on this again. I find this so, I, it's so shocking that there is such a thing as a sexuality education for grades K through one. Why is yeah. there sexuality education for five to seven-year-olds? Why is that a thing? That is really shocking to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I, I, I'm, thank you for highlighting that uh, because I think that is a whole separate arm of the conversation, which is sometimes referred to as the parental rights I don't like that term because it suggests it's something that should be debated. I think it's, it doesn't, it shouldn't rise to that level. There shouldn't be a kids' rights versus parental rights. Somebody recently just said something about, it's not about kids' rights. It's about which adults get to make choices for children. And the oh. answer is, it's always been parents. Yeah, that's Unless interesting. You, in, you know, a totalitarian state where the government wants to fracture the family. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Okay, here's workshop four. I'm sorry, I'm, for anybody's eyes, I apologize for your eyes you as go. I scroll. Okay, this is it here. Okay. Workshop five, how babies begin. Okay. Um, so Leslie, I actually think you called attention to this. You referenced it in passing in another episode. But what, oh yeah, yeah, I did talk about this. You sent this to me a couple of weeks ago. We've talked about it a little bit. Yeah, so what's captured here, uh, let's see. Go to the, let's see, in order to accommodate the limited attention span, this is overview for the instructor. Okay. What this text is. Attention span of K to one children, our whole lives, grades K to one, second edition, introduces the concept that egg, sperm, and uteruses are necessary for, for human reproduction and that they can come together in different ways to make babies without going into detail and so on and so forth. At the time of this curriculum was written, there were over 20 ways to begin a pregnancy. Oh my gosh, what? Yeah. So, okay, that part escaped me. There are 20 ways to begin <laughs> a pregnancy. Yes. And my note in the margin that you Ugh. can't see up because my handwritten copy was, what's the most common and to what degree? Yeah. Wow. So this strikes me right away, this concept that eggs, sperm, and uteruses and sorry about the traffic noise outside my house are necessary for human reproduction. Um, this is just like the little drawing where the body parts are interchangeable. This is, 
That's right. This is breaking people down into body parts. It's breaking Again. people down into body parts. Exactly. It's dehumanizing. Yep. Okay. That's exactly how I feel about it. Again, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm thinking of the converse, many conversations in this area, and it, I think about the transhumanism idea. Yeah. Right. The the deconstruction of the human being. Mm -hmm. It says our whole lives teaches that an egg, a sperm, a uterus, and loving caregivers are part of each child's story. Hey, they at least they got the loving caregivers in there. Yeah. Oh, that's really disturbing okay what's what's the next thing on here that you want that's to look it. at that that's part that's, okay that's all i wanted is to this the it. biggest thing from this particular um guide this particular book yes the biggest thing is that illustration i think list <laughs> okay yeah it's interesting how babies begin pregnancy birth family huh okay I feel like we could go through this whole thing and I'm kind of interested to do so, but maybe we'll, we'll, maybe I should look through it first and find key points. Sure. So then, okay, that's that one. So that's K to one. Most of it, I mean, if you're okay with the kindergartner being exposed to this kind of a conversation, most of it is relatively benign, but you can see in that illustration and in the text that we just looked at, you can see the progressive activist ideology, the social justice ideology, as it expresses itself through gender ideology, right? I mean, it's it's built into this program and in the approach. Yeah, and I wanted to actually, I want to open it back up because there was something, and I feel like maybe it was in the beginning of this one where I scanned it a little bit after you sent it to me. And the thing I, I felt like was they spent a lot of time warming the kids up to this. Yeah. Was that in this one where they talk about that? They talk about how to introduce this to the kids. And Ooh. it's like they have all these exercises for gaining the trust of the kid before they start to introduce the sexual content. Mm. And that really struck me. It was like, you're, you're working at, you know that this is going to be uncomfortable and difficult for these kids. So let's do an exercise where we touch your toes for a little while. And then we touch your head and then we, we go through the whole body and then eventually we're going to work up to where we're touching your privates. And it's just, it was, it's so creepy. It felt so, uh, it felt like a sexual predator handbook to me. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, I wanted to find that, but maybe, maybe you have some more, uh, specific instructions on where to look. I don't, that, okay. that did not make, I did not mark that in my past. Okay. That's fine. Maybe but we'll, it's I'll funny try to look you, for that. It's funny that you bring that up. I, you know, my initial response to the groomer uh, epithet out mm -hmm. of, you know, conservative media was that it was an, you know, uh, propaganda and over exaggeration for effect. The more time I spend with this, the more it makes sense to me because it is a breaking down of barriers. Mm hmm. Yeah. Child sexual abuse prevention. That's good. Let's see. That one's not bad. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it seems like this is kind of a mixed bag, which is kind is what makes the insertion of stuff that's so inappropriately sexually advanced seem even more insidious that it's being slid in along with things that are more age appropriate and and. Uh, you know, helpful and meaningful. Yes. So there are, I, I think it's, and it's characteristic of a lot of what we talk about in this area that there are kernels of truth all throughout it. For example, it's not wrong to say that life, human life comes from a sperm and an egg and a uterus. <laughs> no, it's not that's, wrong. That's not incorrect. It's true. Yeah. It, but it's, it, there is a, for those of us who are wary of this viewpoint, it smacks of something dangerous because it's it seems to suggest that you don't need the human beings, although they the, the material does say something about the caregiver. So yeah, caregivers. I noticed that too, that it that it seems like a deliberately vague word. Yeah. But you know, maybe I'm splitting hairs now. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm I'm just attuned to look for it. So maybe I'm being more sensitive to it. That's right. But me too. Okay. So 
I'm just kind of scanning this, but tell me if there's if you're ready to go to another document. Sure. Let's um let's jump to the material that's in the book for grades four through six. So that's your one, two, three, four, and five. And I don't think these I, these guys here, all these images here. That's right. Those are the workshops. There are one through ten workshops uh, in that book. Okay, let's see what. Uh, we have but here. I have some material here that I've pulled out that I I think I'll read to you. That is not in that because it's it's part of the introductory material from this book. I have the actual printed book here. Okay, so you want to you want to do a little With read a little bit? I'll, yeah, I'll please do, please do. As soon as we get to the workshops, we can jump there. Okay, I've got the workshops open, so you go ahead and read first if you'd like. Great, I will. Um, so this is all from the introduction of this Our Whole Lives Sex Education for Grades 4 through 6, second edition. Um, and so there's a lot here. I want to say that the program is, the res it's, it's obviously the result of a lot of careful work. It's not shoddy. It's not reckless. It's very carefully designed, very intelligently put together. Uh, it's carefully written, uh, organized very carefully. So it's of a high quality. The caliber of work is very high. And that's either, you know, that's either good or bad because the bad part is that it's, it's quite slippery in its ability to be an indoctrin a tool of indoctrination, I guess I would say. I, I, you know, you 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 hope that people who operate at this kind of a level are going to be more are going to think a little bit more about what the content is. Mm. Um, so this is from the introduction, page eighteen. A word about gender neutral names, and I just called this out because it it speaks to what I would call bias in the program, which is funny because this is all part of anti bias education. Progressive activism is about anti bias education. Mm -hmm. um, Many stories and scenarios in our whole lives program use gender neutral names, names that could be assigned to any gender. This is intentional as it is a value of our whole lives program to honor each individual for who they are. In our society, gender is fraught with stereotypes, discrimination, and misunderstanding. As our understanding of gender changes, we realize that not everyone sees themselves reflected in a binary system. Some people identify as something other than male or female. Becoming conscious of ways the gender binary affects our language and trying to include all genders in our speech is one way we help create a more welcoming and inclusive world. Hmm. So, so that's the foundation. This is this speaks to the framing yeah of the program and you can just you can just hear the progressive activism shot through it social just it just is a social justice program it is yeah um to, uh, and let me just i'll quickly pick through it uh honor each individual for who they are mm. that's that's a very broad and vague thing to say again anybody could say yeah well we want to honor every individual for who they are this program defines the frame for who you are through this lens of gender and sex well and it also is it's honoring you for who you are at the most broad level it's not allowing you to be an individual it's not honoring individual difference it's honoring group level similarity right on <clears throat> that's, that's just how i feel about it mm -hmm. it's the it's the it's the social justice um characteristic of putting everybody into a box category boxes yeah yeah and making the boxes as big and broad as possible so that it's inclusive, yeah. which is eliminating anything that's of a meaningfully individual about a person. Quite so. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so then, and I'll also call out this, in our society, gender is fraught with stereotypes, discrimination and misunderstanding. So this is the framing. The framing is fraught. Everything is fraught. To me that yeah. reflects Activism. Activism, which is, and it comes out of, of course, critical theory, mm -hmm. which is all about oppressed and oppressed and a binary of category so that if there is something bad, something a person experiences negatively, then someone else is responsible for that effect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, there is necessarily some responsibility in some other person for creating a, a situation where someone feels something bad. 
And our you know. society gender is fraught. So you better go out and look for it because our system is fraught. Yeah, it's like we're battling something. It's yes. an em- embattlement message there. We are, we're pushing back against oppression. That's it. That's it. That framing characterizes everything about this program. Okay. Wow. So you're kind of using the kids as foot soldiers in your in your gender war. Yep. Okay. Well, it's aggressive. It's a, yeah. it's, an, it's an aggressive program. And it is very overtly political, as you say. Overtly. That, because that takes a political stance. That's, yep. That is using people, using the individuals and the children that they're educating as, as an opportunity to um, combat some larger social problem that you're perceiving. Yes. Which is a political standpoint. Yes. When I'm trying to uh, give people the benefit of the doubt, and I try to do that, everyone's trying to do the best they can. Everyone's trying to make a better world. And I think it's an ends justify the means scenario. I think people who, for example, I've been active in my community, this school community, trying to voice these kinds of sentiments that you and I are speaking right now. And I can just see that they can't hear it because they just, they view it as a, vir- this is virtuous work. Yeah. It's become the backdrop for them. So it's not, it's not surprising anymore. And, and the rhetorical framework is prepared for anyone who objects, right? Their rhetorical yeah. framework is set up so that those who object, well, it must be internalized white supremacy. It must, it must be privilege, you know, kicking and screaming, no, no, don't take privilege away. You know, I mean, it's the framework is set up to, to give those who don't want to hear objection a way to dismiss objection. Mm-hmm. 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 So with, with this particular workshop, the sexuality and values workshop that we're looking at right now, who is this workshop for? Is this for teachers or is it for students? Oh, no, it's for students. Okay. So this is for students in what grade? Fourth through sixth grades. Fourth through sixth. So that would be, what is a fourth grader? Uh, like 10 nine, years old, nine yeah, or 10, 10, 10 to 12-ish, nine to 12? Right. Okay. Nine, roughly nine to 13, 10 to 12, something like that. And so uh, if, if one believes that sex education belongs in schools, then we can imagine that this would be a time when we would provide some sort of um, sex education, at least anatomy stuff, because the kids are starting to go through pre-puberty and maybe early puberty and having some body changes that are um, helpful to understand. And this would have been when I was a kid in fifth grade, end of fifth grade, we did some big, like the girls went into one room and watched a video and the boys went into another room and watched a video. I don't know if they were the same video, but it kind of went over reproduction and just your body and puberty and stuff. And so it, to me, just based on my own personal experiences, that doesn't seem, it doesn't seem outlandish that we would have some discussion of anatomy and sexuality at this Mm -hmm. age level. Mm -hmm. But what I'm noticing just as you were talking, as you're reading that excerpt, I was looking over this paper as well, and it's the focus is a, a lot on gender here. There's a lot of focus here. So it talks about there's these three bullets that they want people to keep in mind. Too often youth experience harassment and bullying. Given the statistics, it is likely that you will have someone in your class who is or who has been or is being abused. Okay, that's one. Second one, body changes in puberty can be especially confusing or anxiety producing for any transgender or gender non-conforming youth you may have in your group. So that's one of the main things to keep in mind here is to think about people who are transgender. Mm -hmm. And then the next one says the Amari and Devon story does not assign gender to any character. Be careful to not assign genders during the discussion. If someone does assign gender by using masculine or feminine pronouns, use it as a teachable moment. Pull the group to see what gender assumptions have been made to prevent singling out any one participant. Uh, interesting. So they're, you're supposed to kind of gently redirect 
so you're you're correcting the person who and and that's it sounds like they're doing it in a in a soft way not using shame but you can imagine the embarrassment when yes. you say she uh she said this and then the teacher says so i noticed that you used the word she and then that uses it as a teachable moment for the class i mean that's going to make a profound impression on the kid who's going to be sitting there blushing and embarrassed that they did something wrong so we're we're corralling people into a gender neutral way of speaking that's correct that was my impression when i read that as well it's, okay. it's absolutely using a public shaming as softly couched as it is it's a public it's a calling out yeah it's a calling out yes definitely use it as a teachable moment yeah. all right goals it's, it's kind of a it's a gotcha yeah you know, if any child naturally starts to project sex or gender onto the characters in a story oh gotcha yeah 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 right right there notice that call it out and redirect people into a gender neutral way of talking about people yeah. okay act, as you said it's activism so what is it in what what in this workshop because it, it seems like it's pretty long is there something in particular that you think is like is is this were sure. there areas you want to highlight in here can I read you another section that you don't have? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's fine. I'll just put this on the screen and let people look at this while you read. Sure. Okay, so again, this is from orientation and introduction materials. There's a list of words called a word bank list. Yeah, they've referred to that here a couple times. Yes, and one- Do you have that? I'd love uh, to see it. I have it on in paper. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I can probably find it electronically, uh, but not in this particular moment. But I, I'm happy to get that to you. Um, so I wanted to read the entry for gender. Okay. Uh, gender, a person's, this is, will be no surprise to many people, a gender, a person's feeling or sense in their mind or heart of whether they are a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, a combination of both or neither. Feeling or sense in your mind or heart about whether you're a woman, a, a man, a girl, a boy, both, neither. That's a gen That's what gender means. Yeah, okay. that's pretty. That's another slogan. Boy, girl, both, or neither, or somewhere. Oh, oh. That, that's kind of a. That's one of the slogans, along with like center the mar marginalized and so forth. That okay. So you you're seeing that phrase used over and over. Indeed, indeed. My Boy, girl, both, or neither. Yes. I, tr I tried this on the younger, uh, the, my middle child at some point when I was, some time ago now when I was first kind of testing the waters here and it was like steam came out of this child's ears. The confusion, the sheer intellectual, the cognitive dissonance. How could a, this child is a boy, male. How, how could, how can a boy be a girl? You know, or both or not, you know, I just like, <laughs> That like the it was like the machinery just went kunk, you know, you could just see it. That's that that's the part of center of the marginalized that is never talked about. The damn the potential for damage inflicted on I, I'll use the word normal. <laughs> I don't know. Some not non-zero number of the population of children for whom this makes no sense. Yeah. And it introduces this. I've got to look into my mind or my heart. There's some mysterious God sense yeah. of this boyness or girlness, both or neither. Well, that's that not an accident. That, that nobody can define. Mm -hmm. This was one of the things I said to the, the folks at the community and the, the adults. I said, we, can we at least define terms? What the mm -hmm. heck do we talk? What are we now? I've listened to enough voices that I know there are people for whom this makes sense, mm -hmm. that have an early experience that, they have a strong sense of being something other than what their body is. And they mm. call it boy or girl. And that for that, for the human beings for who, who have that experience, that is real and true. It's another decision to decide to widely in, teach or instruct or share that this is a viewpoint that everyone would have access to. Yeah, I think that's a really important delineation, what you're describing right there. And that's the, that's where my understanding of queer theory is that 
the point is to attack the normal, to find yeah. ferret out normal and tear it down versus what would seem like, I don't know, old school progressive liberalism, which would have been make sure that everybody feels included. So you mention everybody, you mention uh, to the kids, oh, some people will, will be a little different than this and don't, you know, that's right. We have to be, we have to be um, open and respectful of differences. So it's a, it's an acknowledgement of the differences and an encouragement of tolerance of difference, but versus this attack on normalcy. Correct. That's exactly how I feel about it as well. And that's, as you were saying, that's the activist. Uh, queer theory activist. That's, that's the activism that undergirds and frames all of this material. It's meant to attack. It's okay. it comes from critical yeah. theory and it's meant to be oppressor and oppressed and it's meant to attack. Well, so f- what, what visually on this would you want yes. to point people to at this Let's point? Let's go. That, that's a good segue. Let's jump. Okay. Okay. To, uh, workshop five. So you can open the, um, if you I have want to them all the, open, I think where's the, yeah, the, you want to look for number five. Come on sidebar work. <laughs> well, here we go. Workshop five. Workshop five. going to be, yeah, that's it. This one here. Let's see. That's facilitator resources. That's workshop one. Okay. Maybe I will just come back over here and you tell me which one it is. Is it this five one here? That one, five to 10. Five, five to 10. Two. Okay. Yeah, we'll do this. All right. So. Okay. Let's see. Can we add it right now? Yeah, here we go. Gender. Gender. Okay. Go. All right. So go to, let's see, page 51. It should be one or two pages past the page you have here. Well, this says this, this workshop explores the pressures that youth feel regarding gender stereotypes by, by naming, whoops, sorry, by naming some of the stereotypes in predominant Western culture around gender, youth can become more aware of how they may be limiting themselves and others because of these messages. There you go. Hmm. Okay. So what, what, what page are you wanting to go to? Um, Page 51, you're going 51. to look for walk a mile is the... Uh, okay, so this, this one here. This is the bold header. Walk a mile, okay. There you go. Do you want me okay. to read this out here or you want to read it? Um, this I'll, is, I'll, gender right, variation I'll, cards, okay. I just, this is where you imagine that you're transgender. Okay. <laughs> so you... This is where you try it on for size. Does it say what the cards are? I want to see what that says. I don't know where those cards are. Gender stereotype cards, and there's there's gender variation cards and gender stereotype cards. So they play a game with the kids where they do this. Okay, workshop, walk a mile cards. Do do do. Prepare gender variation cards by cutting out and gluing or taping each phrase from facilitator resource eleven. Gosh, I'd like oh, to see that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a few pages past where we just were. You might be on your way. To Previous that. to. Oh. 55 page 55 page 55 we'll have that information okay let's let's skip down to that and take a look at it real quick so that we have the context for what we're looking at here okay so here's gender stereotypes write each of the following phrases in large print on an index card grows a beard wears makeup paints their nails wears a dress wears a tie wears baggy pants wears their hair long wears their hair short Curls their hair, wears jewelry, wears a baseball cap, grows a mustache, is a doctor, is a teacher, is a professional ballet dancer, plays professional football, is an athlete, is an artist, is a nurse, is a professor, is nice, is strong, gossips, works hard. Okay. Gender variations. Oh, this is hard to talk about. Person with a vulva and vagina who identifies as a boy. That's the first gender variation. Person with a vulva and vagina who identifies as a girl. Person with penis and testicles who identifies as a boy, person with, yeah. And then person with penis and testicles and fluid gender who sometimes feels like a boy and sometimes feels like a girl. We have that for vagina. What does that mean again? If you're not using stereotypes, what does it mean to feel like a boy? For most people, they have no idea. Well, it's in your heart, apparently. 
or mind. Person with a vulva and vagina and a gender non-conforming identity who does not feel like either a boy or a girl. So they've, they've given you, what is this? Eight different gender variations. These are all normal and all equally weighted and they've slid the real ones like the the real sex sexes in there like just are you suggesting hiding them in the middle are you suggesting there's something called real yeah yeah <laughs> i guess i am okay so you wanted to go back up to page 51 right 51. Walk okay a mile. walk a mile okay here's where you try it out okay so you know maybe you're going to discover that you're gender non-conforming or gender queer or transgender. Uh, so you distribute the cards. I'm just looking there on paragraph number one. Yeah. Say, this is instruction to the instructor. Say, I want each of you to imagine for a few minutes that when you woke up this morning, you had a body and gender identity different from your own. Remind them that person's gender identity is their inner understanding of who they are. Of course, within the framing of the list that you just read. For this activity, not you know more broadly, and all the vague and amorphous ways that comes together. For this activity, they will each receive a card with a sex and gender identity combination on it, and they will pretend that it describes them. So now you are going to play act one of the items from the list that you just read. You're gonna play act it. You're gonna see whether you can imagine what that is and try to play act that. It's an affirmative call to express something. Yeah, please, please go through the motions of, of trying on this non, what, non-traditional identity, this transgender identity. If you so, can even, if you, if, a, now we're talking about fourth, you know, 10-year-olds. If you can even get your 10-year-old mind around what any of those terms mean. I, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm an adult person with some experience. I've studied that list. Yeah, and you're going to be the odds that you're going to get if this just statistically the the way that this is going to play out too. If if only one of those is aligns with reality, and there's you have an opportunity to get one of eight cards, you're almost certainly not going to be acting out your own reality. You're going to be asked to try on something that's transgender I, I hadn't thought about the number the odds before absolutely right interesting and uh another thing that really strikes me is that how what how uncomfortable it is to be talking about people's genitals so often but they're getting these kids to the point where they want to talk about them constantly like they want to focus on them the whole time like that's one of the that is one of the most important aspects of self is genitals yes that's right uh, it's just it seems really disturbing to me it's it's so disturbing it's deeply deeply disturbing i want to find better words than that because that just i'm i keep on just having that reaction that revulsion that feels very inappropriate pedophilic it just uh, but i need to find better words than just disturbing because i'd like to articulate what it is that's so frustrating about this yeah i I've, I've worked through that and to a certain extent I feel groomed mm -hmm. because it does require your initial response is this is nothing that any human should touch and then in order to engage I you know I have young people that I'm responsible for you have to move through it which is you know that's there's a there's a there's there is worth in that there is value in that um but yeah, we shouldn't tell, lose sight of the fact that it's it's quite disturbing. <clears throat> tell participants they're going to do a voting exercise similar to the one they did in workshop one. Point out the sign that says agree and tell them that this is where they should stand if they agree with what you are saying. And they should stand on the other side of the room and with the sign that says disagree if they disagree with what you're saying. Tell them that for this exercise, no one can stand in the middle. They must choose whether they agree or disagree. Tell them you will read several statements. After each statement, they should move to the side of the room that best fits them for the body with the body and gender identity written on their card. 
Tell them this may take some imagination so they don't need to rush to pick a side of the room. Read the following statements one at a time. After each one, give participants time to move to the side of the room that they have chosen and ask a few participants to share some thoughts about why they chose their position. If I woke up as a person with this body and this gender identity, I would dress differently. If I woke up as a person with this body and this gender identity, I would have the same friends. If I woke up with this body and this gender identity, my parents, caregivers, teachers, siblings, and friends would treat me differently. If I woke up as a person with this body and this gender identity, I would like to do the same things I like to do now. That's the right answer, of course. That, oh, is that, okay. That's, that's the real answer. So, so there would be no difference. It's just that now I would be, yeah, I'd have something interesting about me maybe. Um, and so again, that's this like, they're forcing these kids to, this seems, these questions are a little bit mild. They're not, these questions are just getting you to think about it, but not asking you to really strain yourself thinking about it. It's like, well, would I, I don't know, that's kind of benign within that framework, but they're getting you to play with the framework. Mm-hmm. And then it's, this is what I've seen in this material as you, as you've shown it to me, I'm just guessing, but I want to, I want to look at it and see if it's, if it's true. It seems like they start you off with something that's relatively benign. Like we're asking you about what you would like to dress like and what kind of friends you would have and would people treat you differently, but then let's see how they progress. Like it says process the exercise by posing some of the following questions. How did it feel to have to agree or disagree? That's a struggle session right there. How do you think you might feel differently if you were another gender? How did it feel to have to choose one side or another when in real life, our understanding of sex and gender is more fluid? How do you know what gender you are? How can you show respect for people regardless of whether their gender expression and body parts line up in the typical way? What can you do if you see someone putting down another person because of their gender expression or gender identity? So they're getting people here, they're getting you riled up for activism. That's right. You you have to perceive a threat and you have to be on guard for threats and you have to protect people. That's so right. you have to remember it's fraught. Our society is fraught. Yeah, it's fraught. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Is there anything else in this particular one that you want to go into? Uh there's so much. I mean, every single workshop. This is, this is probably the worst one because it's right on the nose. This is direct gender instruction. Oh, here's so some word. Here's the word bank for this one. This go. is the word bank. Okay. Biological sex, a label assigned at birth, There's a sign. usually on the basis of the appearance of baby's genitals or medical tests. And they use intersex as equally weighted with male and female here. Um, gender identity, a person's inner understanding of their own gender. Using their own word to define it. Yeah, it's just, it's a circular meaning there. Cisgender, term that describes a person whose gender identity and biological sex match in the most common way. Most common way, that sounds like, well, that well, that's normal, right? But also, is it just me or does that have like a little bit of a negative connotation? Like it's most common. Leslie, for me, it's defined terms. I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> You know, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Does any, I mean, what, uh, I know what my sex is, but my identity is something big and confusing and complicated. And I could characterize it using all sorts of words. I probably use them, you wouldn't use the words uh, man or woman or, other than to to say, uh, to the degree that those words reflect mature person of a certain sex Mm. interesting wonder what they talk about sexual orientation Mm. yes have you looked at that yeah attraction icebreaker attraction yeah that's that's right wow and these are nine-year-olds this is like nine to 12 year olds it's intense it's intense Mm. Wow. Sexual orientation is used to describe our feelings of emotional, romantic, and or sexual attraction to other people. An individual may be attracted to people of the same sex, another sex, or more than one sex. And some people do not feel sexually attracted to anyone. 
Ask them to share the words they know that refer to someone's sexual orientation. Make sure that the following words are covered. Gay, lesbian, homosexual. I can't see this one. Probably heter. No, I don't know what. Bisexual, maybe? It's it's cut off. Straight, heterosexual, asexual, and queer. Make sure that the following words are covered. Yeah, bisexual is the one in the crease there. Okay. Mm. If the words that are, if words are shared that are considered slurs, acknowledge that each word exists and ask the group to talk about why it could be hurtful. So this is more shaming the person. Yep. Explain that when that slurs should not be used even in jokes and casual conversations because they're hurtful and disrespectful. Um, we don't know exactly how a person's sexual orientation develops. Some believe that it's determined before you're born and others believe it develops as you grow. Okay. It's one, but it's, it's one part of who we are and it is not a choice, but we don't know where it comes from, but we know it's not a choice. That's interesting. That's just interesting there. This is a, there's a lot of like, uh, un, unsupported information yes. that they assert really strongly in this thing. Yes. Again, activism and a lot of contradiction. It's yeah. not a choice, but it's fluid. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. In fact, number six, the last line of that, people experience their sexual orientation as fluid and changing different at different periods of their lives. But didn't it mm -hmm. just say it's not a choice at the end of number five? Well, I guess it, it's like a, it's meant to be a thing that just comes onto you. I guess it's not a choice over you I get to step along the path, right? It path, happens to you. At that yeah. moment of the path, it's not a choice. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> heterosexism, homophobia and heterosexism. What? Intimacy. Tell participants that attraction is only one part of a sexual relationship and highlight again, the circles of sexuality say that many relationships also involve intimacy, which is the feelings of emotional closeness with someone else. Okay. Yep. Um, I like that one. Yeah, that's nice. So let's say closing. A lot, it's a lot though, isn't it? This is a lot for young people. Well, it's, it's again, it's like that sandwiching of things that are uncomfortable within things that provide some comfort. And so it's like a, it's like a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down, you know? Leslie, scroll back up to number eight, right above intimacy. Okay. Where, there you go. Point out that to participants that scenario C, Patrick, is about homophobia and scenario G, Kiko, Kiko, is about heterosexism. Add those two words and their definitions to the word bank and read the definitions aloud. Okay. So that, again, to me, they're always careful in this material to point out, here's what we call hate. Here are the words so that you can look out for it in our fraught culture. Hmm. Let us call attention to the language that you will use when you look about you and see all the discrimination. Yeah, and and when they've already been using this sort of social reinforcement of calling out and discussing anything that the kids say that are considered wrong mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. embarrassing them for it. Here, they're adding new ways that you could embarrass yourself. So these are things that you want to make sure you steer clear of. So it's teaching kids self-censorship. That's right. What not to be is what, what yeah, saying. yeah, what not to be. So, um, I feel like there's so much still to go through and I, I know we've already been talking for a while. Do you want to, do you want to take a break and do, and pick this up again, do a part two, or do you want to, um, do you feel like there's a few, just a couple more points that are worth exploring? Um, let me quickly just look back here. Oh, interesting. Look at this word match. Wow, this is a word match for nine to 12 year olds. Yeah, yeah, you um, you could really spend some time here, Leslie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you really, it's inexhaustible. It's, it's something. Every workshop, I would sit and just study it and make notes. It's a lot. Um, I'm okay. There's more we could talk about, but it, it really is inexhaustible. Um, you know, would you, 
how do you feel about me putting this stuff on my Substack? I haven't posted anything there in a while, but I could post these, just these, if I can upload them. I'm not sure I can, but if I can, what do you uh, think? It's, you know, I think the more widely this material like this can be disseminated, the better. Okay. Uh, my, my concern would be somebody coming after. Like copyright even, stuff? Copyright stuff. You yeah. Know? Well, it's a, it's a highly weaponized age and, you know, we have to be careful. I don't even know if I can upload these kind of files there, but I could look at it and see if you don't mind. I personally do not mind. I've okay. I'm only wary of uh, retribution. Hmm. What to do scenarios. Juhari does not think he will ever be attracted to a girl or woman. What should Juhari do? Ronel and Skylar have been best friends since kindergarten, and now Skylar has a crush on Ronel. Ronel doesn't have any romantic feelings for Skylar. What should Ronel do? Patrick gets picked on at school a lot by other kids who call him gay. What should Patrick do? Oh, this is the, this is the, it's homophobia. And then Kiko is the one who's going to be heterosexism. Kiko is very frustrated that everyone thinks she likes boys because she is a lesbian. What should Kiko do? And so those are the ones that we really need to make sure people pick up on how bad those things are. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I do feel like there's just so much here. So much here. Okay. Uh, I could almost do a part two with you if you want. <laughs> I, I, Leslie, I welcome any opportunity to chat with you. Okay. Well, I'll stop this for now, uh, the share, but um gosh thank you for sending these it's 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 really surprising to me that this is what's being taught to kids because it seems so it at it's at odds with the main purpose that i think parents send their kids to school reading writing arithmetic you know getting the basics to be able to understand the society that we live in and understand history and government and why all this? Why all this sexual experimentation? Why is that so important for nine to 12 year olds to be doing that sexual experimentation? Why is it so important for five to seven year olds to be looking at naked children's bodies and, and considering that their body parts are interchangeable and that they came from a collection of body parts coming together in one of 20 different ways? Yeah. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Uh, just, I will, I will re reiterate the word that we've used before, which is insufficient, but does in fact capture it, which is disturbing. I think it's really, really disturbing. I, I sometimes use the word malpractice. Hmm. Um, again, everyone's well-meaning and everyone thinks they're doing right. From my point of view, there's educational malpractice here. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 it connects to the conversation about which adults are allowed to determine what is right for children. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a, a vertical of adults roughly captured by the term education, teaching, who have a certain idea about what's appropriate here. And I don't mean to characterize everyone who falls into that column by any means, but there's some kind of observable trend there. And uh, you know, it puts parents like me in a position of not quite knowing what to do. And if my kids weren't having as productive and, and experienced as they were most of the time there, socially, especially, uh, you know, I would, I would run for the hills and we'd be doing independent schooling. Um, but it puts us over a barrel and especially parents with children in, in the public institutions, it's all the harder and working parents and everything else, you know, you're really in a bind. And so there are adults who are freelancing um, and I think it's malpractice. Yeah. Okay. And I, I see what you mean. And it's a trade-off. It's the cost benefit analysis that you're performing in order to decide whether to keep your kids in this program. And um, does it bother you that although you have been able to pull your kids out during days that this is being taught, they are then interacting with peers that are getting this message does it bother you that that's still being disseminated through their peer group? It does, because I think that's 
a, a, it's a symptom of the larger cultural shift. The put uh, the over the famous Overton window, mm-hmm. right? It's being, mm-hmm. That side is being pushed way out, and it affects their classmates. I'm more concerned about the adults than I am the kids. I think a lot of this goes over kids' heads, but it changes the the midpoint of the median point of whatever the culture is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my kids have talked to me about, oh, that's gender. You know, so they they've they've taken in even with me pulling them. Yeah, they've taken in some of the highlights that rep- are representative of this of this movement. And I can't protect. I've already grappled with. I you know they are not. They cannot be protected. I won't pretend to be able to to shield them from it. So the work is to broaden the frame even further so that it enco- so that this doesn't become the only frame. In fact, this frame is encompassed by a much wider frame. So that's the work. Well, it's big work. <laughs> it feels, it's, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to discuss this with me and share these documents. And do you have, uh, are there any places you'd point people who want to do more reading? I don't, again, I don't know. I haven't looked to see if I can upload this kind of stuff to a Substack platform, but where would you suggest if people are interested in seeing this for themselves and going over it in great detail, how would they access this stuff? Uh, it is, you can purchase both of these books uh, through the Unitarian Universalist Church. I'm sure it comes right up in a search. I would go to the Unitarian Universalist uh website national level website and you'll find their they don't hide their stuff they they publish heavily and uh i think they're 40 dollars a copy and do you have a sense of how many schools or what kind of schools are using this curriculum i do not i think this is it strikes me as a flagship program for progressive institutions uh i think if if an institution thinks of itself as is characterized by that uh label Okay. And this is a program that they would take in. It's a very high level program. It's very powerful. Our whole lives, owl. Our whole lives. Owl. And so it's a, it's a specifically developed for kindergarten through fifth graders. Yes, there's a whole program K through one and four through six is what I have. I'm not sure why the missing grades there in the middle, but there there's more to the program than just these two books. Okay. Well, that gives I think a good a good starting place and just what we've looked at today scratches the surface of this and uh, makes the point really well. So thank you again, Penn. My pleasure, Leslie.